Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Golf Talk Live. I'm your host, Ted Odorico, broadcasting live every Thursday, 6 to 8 p.m. Central, from Panama City Beach, Florida, home of the world's most beautiful beaches. I want to take this opportunity to thank everyone for joining me on my weekly broadcast. Every week, I'll feature some of the best instructors, coaches, authors, and entrepreneurs in the golf business today. I begin with a great discussion on Coach's Corner, followed by an insightful interview with my special guest. So let's get started by introducing tonight's Coach's Corner panel. All right. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Golf Talk Live. I'm uh, your host, Ted Rodrigo, and I'm very excited to have everybody joining me this evening. And uh, we've got a great show for you. Uh, a little bit shorter, just a quick uh, couple of program notes. A little bit shorter tonight. I did not book a guest for this evening, so we're just going to have a special Coach's Corner panel uh, this evening. And then we'll, uh, we may run a few minutes longer than normal. Uh, but uh, we won't do the full two-hour show this evening. And uh, the other part of the program note is uh, one of the panelists, Paul Castor, who was scheduled to be tonight, unfortunately was uh, feeling a little bit under the weather, so he's not going to be joining us. Uh, but i got two great guys who are pretty regular on the show uh, every month and uh, really excited to have these guys on. And this will be their last show uh, for the 2020 season, and uh, they'll be getting ready for the holidays. And then next year in March, uh, everybody's going to start up again here on the panel discussion. So we're really looking forward to it, and uh, I'm looking forward to a little bit of a break myself. So, all right, let me remind everybody, of course, uh, that uh, Golf Talk Live is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing top-quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiast. And, of course, Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine, offering insightful reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top PGA and LPGA teacher professionals, all designed to help improve your game from tee to green. So subscribe today. Visit golftipsmag.com. All right, joining me on the panel tonight is John Hughes, a good friend of mine. Uh, he's a PGA Master Professional, as well as the Honorary President of the North Florida PGA Section. He was also a recipient of the 2013 PGA of America Horton Smith Award, and uh, he's also one of the senior editors and a Golf Tips Magazine Top 25 instructor, as well as part of the Golf Tips advisory staff. Uh, also, another good friend uh, is Pete Buchanan. He is the founder, director, and owner of instruction uh, for the Plain Simple Golf uh, LLC, which houses Plain Simple Golf Circuit and the Simple Swing Repeater Training Brace. And he has been teaching this great game for 30-plus years. So a couple of veterans, if you will, on the Coach's Corner panel tonight and two of uh, my favorite guests. So, guys, welcome to Coach's Corner panel here on Golf Talk Live. Thanks, Ted. It's good to be here. All right. I appreciate it, guys. And as I mentioned, this is going to be the last show for for 2020. We're getting ready for uh, a holiday season. We're not sure what's going to be going on this holiday with everything going on, but we're not going to go there. We're here to talk golf tonight, but we'll see what happens. Uh, Main thing is we want everybody to be safe this holiday season. Uh, So, uh, you know, take extra precautions if you're getting together with your family uh, make sure that you guys uh, take the necessary precautions. We don't want to uh, have anybody get uh, get sick or what have you through the season. So, um, all right, I'm going to go in the order that I introduced you guys. So, John, I'm going to start off with you, and I may mix up the rotation as we go along. Um, this show is really about, uh, I guess, sort of a reflection on 2020. As we look back 
on 2020. A um, lot of things happened. Of course, the pandemic uh, was instrumental in uh, in creating some, obviously, some uh, devastating issues for some and for others, uh, an opportunity really to uh, sort of regroup, rethink, and and um, and sort of reassess uh, how they're going to approach things. And the golf industry, as I've mentioned here over the last several weeks, uh, has really been very, very fortunate. Uh, we've been we've been really blessed, uh, you know, to to, to say the least, uh, during this difficult time, uh, with folks not really having a lot of things to be able to do. Uh, we've been very fortunate that uh, golf has been one of the few uh, games or sports out there that has sort of a built-in social distancing, if you will. And, uh, it, you know, many people looking for some sort of a respite uh, from the house and from the kids and everything else going on uh, just wanted an opportunity to get out and do something, and golf uh, answered the call. So, John, I'm going to start with you, and what I'd like for you to do is to reflect a little bit over this year, and then, Pete, I'm going to get you to do the same thing. Um, and, and one of the things I want you to touch on, you're, you're certainly welcome to ad lib uh, with some other things as well. But uh, in that, I would like you to also include um, what were some of the uh, biggest improvements that you've seen from your students this past season? And what were some of the other things that uh, you reflect on uh, in 2020? Thanks, Ted. Uh, always an honor to be on the program. Uh, Pete, always a great pleasure to be with you as well. Looking forward to the conversation. 2020 reflections. Um, let me start with my clientele because those are the people nearest and dearest to my heart, both professionally and personally. Uh, what I've seen positively from my clientele is a more positive nature, realizing that they play such a special game that allows for social distancing, that allows them to be out in fresh air. I've seen, a, I've seen a renewal in a lot of my clients, a renewal of their commitment to play, their passion, a, a renewal in somewhat. Uh, I've seen some people get competitive who have never been competitive before. I just had a client reach the just barely missed the semifinals in a Florida State Golf Association tournament this week who had never, ever played in a competitive tournament prior to 2020. So I, I think I look at things more opportunistic. I know my clientele does too. And 2020 has provided that opportunity for my clientele. But I would also say I've seen – a lot of new people, a lot of new faces, a lot of new golfers, not only with me for coaching, but just on the golf course in general. I've seen more families and more kids and more spouses who would normally not be there out there having a good time, uh, literally taking advantage, mm -hmm. believe it or not. They did a self-education and said, you know what, I'm not going to go out there when it's super hectic. I'll go out there at four in the afternoon. And they're having a ball. Mm -hmm. There's there's people laughing. There's people carrying on. And it's not about that the ball went somewhere. It's all about spending time with one another in an environment that is safe. And I think going forward, if we see some things have to shut down again for whatever reason. I, I really don't see golf doing that. I think golf spearheaded a lot of the initiatives that other sports, that other uh, industries, 
that other companies actually followed. We were a really, really good leader and a a really good cornerstone to how to operate safely and somewhat normally in a really messed up year. Yeah, some uh, some excellent points that you you touch on there, and, and it really is about um, you know it is about the students, um, you know, for not just the teaching professionals out there and the coaches, uh, but for all of the staff at, at golf courses. Uh, you know, we spend so much time, um, you know, in this game, always looking at how can we improve, how can we get more distance, what can we do to to tune up the game and and, and play our best that sometimes in that quest for what we like to call, you know, golf swing or uh, golf game perfection, that we forget sometimes just to have fun. And I think, if anything, I think the one takeaway that I like to see and have seen this year is, just as you pointed out, John, is people laughing, having a good time. And, yeah, maybe the ball didn't go where where we wanted it to go or maybe we we didn't, you know, execute shots that we wanted to. Um, but at the end of the day, we had a good time under a difficult situation. And that's, as you said, moving forward, I hope, I, I really do, I hope that the industry takes note of that and puts more emphasis on everybody getting out there and having a good time and having lots of laughs and having some fun um, and not so much on trying to perfect everything. Because I think sometimes that can be a, a very daunting task for the average golfer out there and sometimes it, it creates a little unnecessary anxiety. And Lord only knows we have plenty of that going on right now. So it, it has, as I said earlier, it's sort of been a respite, if you will, for many folks out there. Pete, what about yourself as you reflect back on 2020? Um, I'm sure you've seen lots of improvements. And what was your overall assessment, if you will, of, of the 2020 year for you? Well, I think strange would be a... a a good word to start with. You know, it's definitely been a, a, a different kind of year for 2020, but I think more than anything else, you know, I, I like what John was talking about. There, There is a, a big positive nature out there, I think, with golf, and you can see it. The, uh, the range that I'm at is, you know, all summer long is quite full, especially in the evenings. So people being able to get out and, you know, get to hitting some balls and practicing. And, but I think for me, I think from – most of the ones that I was coaching, I saw, a, a, I'd say, a renewed purpose to what they're trying to do. Uh, I think with them being able to play versus doing anything else, uh, you know, they really showed an interest on, on trying to improve, to get better, to focus in on what they're trying to do and, and make it, you know, a, a designated purpose for their practice, and especially from, from the collegiate players, which was, you know, their seasons were, were sort of chopped up a bit and, you know, so they, they only had three tournaments in the fall. And, and so, you know, it was a definitely renewed focus on what they're doing. Um, and it was, it was fun to be a part of that. So I think more than anything else, you know, with, with the growth that it was seeing, I think people are, are you know, sort of taking advantage of, of it's just something that they can do versus a lot of things they couldn't do. And so I think we're seeing mm-hmm. a renowned, you know, presence of more people doing it, but I think a, a, a nice positive focus and, and purpose for, you know, trying to get better and, and, you know, make the game more fun, which is you know, what we're all trying to do with them anyway. So, you know, skills, but, you know, make it fun to be out there. Yeah. And I think that's probably the key right there is I think once people, if, you know, if people are having fun, um, you know, we don't mind doing a little bit of work, 
but if it's all work and no play, as they always say, then it, it gets to a point where it, it no longer is enjoyable. And I think one thing I think we would probably all agree on this. The one thing that was really um, I found to be quite interesting this year was many golfers who, you know, maybe kind of stayed away from the game over the last several years. Maybe, you know, partially could have been an age issue. Maybe they're getting a little bit older and just didn't, you know, um, feel like getting out anymore. Maybe their game just wasn't up to snuff. And uh, they've kind of, you know, put the clubs away a little bit uh, more than than what they normally would. Um, they were kind of rejuvenated. They A lot of, you know, golfers that haven't played in, in a number of years seemed to come out of the woodwork and um, said, you know what? I've got nothing to do. It's not going to kill me. Let's get out and play some golf. Let's go out and have some fun. So I think it was kind of a resurgence of some golfers that maybe haven't been out for a little while. Um, I don't know. What do you What do you guys think, John? Def, definitely that. Uh, there were there were people that purchased coaching programs for me years ago that I thought may have dropped face to the earth, and I'm getting texts and phone calls and. I'm like, wow, where have you been? And uh, life just has a way of changing your priorities. And with COVID, these people reemerged. There were many, many new clients I've had this year that have basically said, hey, I'm coming back after 10 years. I I have a student I'm working with the past couple days I finish up with tomorrow who's just that. For 10 years, he's been away from the game. And now he's not only wanting to get back in, he's wanting to make a serious commitment to it, not necessarily to play competitively, but to have it become Mm -hmm. a little bit more priority in his life. And I'm seeing a lot of that. Um, We're seeing in the T-sheet where people are showing up more often. We have, uh, I know at Falcon's Fire, there's been some people calling recently whose last activity there was, four, five, six, even 10 years ago. So, yeah, we're, we're seeing some renewal is the way I, I would phrase it. What the renewal is, I don't think many people are really keeping track of it. I think what we are doing a better job of now than, say, after the recession or after the Tiger era of growth is trying to figure out how to retain these people, how to engage them the minute they walk in the door, getting their opinions as to why they left, getting their opinions as to why they're coming back. I think what I'm seeing industry-wide as far as North Florida and the other people I know across the country, there's more of an emphasis to these people who are renewing coming back after an extended break to, Mm -hmm. uh, to honestly ask them, what can we do to keep you there? which has been very refreshing. We just have to follow up on this information. We can't be sitting back, uh, letting it go in one ear and out the other. We, we really, this is our, as an industry, might be our last chance to do good by these people. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And, and Pete, just you know, um, to get your thoughts on it as well, I'm sure you probably have experienced something similar uh, up in your neck of the woods. And, and I think just to add, you know, to John's point is, and I've said this many, many times over the last several months, you know, it's great that we've gotten this booster shot in the arm, as it were, um, for, for golf. Um, you know, whether it was accidental or intentional or what have you, uh, you know, we don't know at this point. 
but it is going to be key moving forward, uh, as John suggests, on what we're going to do to keep them here um, because, you know, we don't want to rest on our laurels. So what about you? Have you noticed a, a similar trend up where you are where maybe some golfers that haven't been out there for a little while are suddenly sort of feeling rejuvenated or just coming out uh, uh, and, and just uh, re-engaging in, in the game? Oh, there's no question. Um, as I said, the, the, the range that I'm at was, you know, basically weekdays every evening. It's just loaded. You know, every stall is taken. Uh, people are waiting to, to hit, you know, and, and that's something I haven't seen for a long, long time. And so, yeah, there's definitely a lot more people out and, and you know, and, and a diverse amount of people too, young, old, men, women, kids, you know, to, to, you know, everybody was out there, so it was it was really cool to see. So I know that, uh, you know, definitely there's been a, a a jump in it, and you know, and as John was talking about, I mean, how do we how do we now, you know, go about continuing to keep those people out there? So you know, hopefully, um, you know, mm-hmm. their their interest is big enough to keep them out there, and and we can keep them playing and and keep them moving along, and hopefully that, you know, things don't turn you know, crazily enough in 2021 that, um, you know, it continues to thrive and it continues to grow. Yeah, I, I think, uh, and, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, when the season is, and I know it's not over officially for everybody, but I'm talking about 2020, it'll be interesting to see what some of the stats come out and, and where the growth has really been. If it Has it been a resurgence of, of you know golfers gone by sort of thing in addition to just the new obviously there's gonna be some new golfers uh we know that but it'll be interesting to see if they're able to um and hopefully you know somebody's been out there gathering that information um it'll be interesting to see how many golfers that have maybe been away um you know for at least three maybe three or more years i mean if they're away for a year or something you know sometimes things can happen um but if if you've got golfers that are coming three to five or even ten years, as, as John, as you pointed out, uh, are suddenly coming back to the game, um, you know, it would be interesting to find out why. Um, you know, what is it that brought them back? Um, you know, because not too many people walk away uh, from from something they really enjoy doing. Um, you know, unless there's a specific reason. So it'd be interesting to see um, what some of those stats hold and just how many uh, did come back to the game. Um, so John, I'm going to come back to you on this. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, well, I was going to say, I normally don't interject in this, but I think uh, I remembered something that I heard last week from someone within headquarters at PGA stating that one of the reasons we are hearing, which is extremely interesting, is that we've always said that we are thinking the barriers keeping people away has been time and money. And a lot mm-hmm. of the feedback coming back is saying, you know what, it has been, but what's really kept me away is feeling welcome and feeling mm-hmm. part of a group. I'm, I'm, big, I'm a big part of a nest or a bigger nest of other people with the same interests. And it goes to the point of how communal golf can be, even with the social distancing requirements that you're actually part of the group for a little bit that you can share something with. And as much as we thought about these barriers of time and money being these big things, I think what we're seeing also with COVID is we can break down those barriers just by being a little bit more warm, welcoming, 
and realizing how much the shared experience of golf can be of value to anybody. Yeah, that's a great point. And um, I, I, I do want to move on, but I, I just want to address one quick thing. You know, any business, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's retail sales, whether it's, um, you know, something like what we're doing, customer service is is paramount, even more so than cost. People will spend a little extra if they feel they're getting value for their money. And it's not just the quality of the golf lesson, but it's the interaction, the communication that they're having with their instructor. And also the experience, you know, John, is which essentially is what you're alluding to, is their experience coming out to, to the course or to the venue that they're going to be at. Um, you know, if they feel like they're just sort of corralled through uh, and don't really feel that there's, um, you know, a good, you know, obviously, you know, some member clubs and things like that are a little bit different. They get to know their members a little bit more. But, um, you know, when you have new golfers coming in, they're a little bit skittish. They're not sure what to expect. And the last thing you want is not to have that sort of warm, fuzzy feeling coming through uh, into the pro shop. So, you know, that's a key thing. And, and, and that's something I think that every industry, not just the golf industry, really has to focus on. Because I think that, to be honest, is something that has been lost uh, in many cases, uh, certainly not all the way across the board, but in many cases, I think that's something that uh, people value is they, they want to know that their business is actually worth something um, and not just, you know, collecting the, the money and, and moving you down the road, so to speak. So um, those are things that we're going to have to really watch on. Um, John, I want to come back to you uh, real quick here and with the next question. And I think we would all agree that, uh, you know, areas um, like the grip and the stance, posture, balance, ball position, all of those things are key to building a solid foundation. I think we would all agree Jack Nicholas famously said that those were things that he worked on beginning of every season um, is his fundamentals. He wanted to make sure that his foundation was solid each season when he came out. Um, but are there anything else that you would put um, – not necessarily equally important, but also important for students to understand if they want to become a better player. The time commitment that's needed, it just doesn't happen overnight. Um, I've said this on this program before, if I had Cheech and Chong's magic dust for Santa's reindeer, I certainly <laughs> wouldn't be sprinkling it on people. It takes time. It, it takes a, a commitment. Um, I've, I've sort of coined a phrase over the past year, thanks to COVID, are, are you dedicated to the discipline of the details? And that is mm-hmm. what makes the difference between some really elite players and just average players. It makes the difference between the average member player at a, at a member club versus the really good member player at a member club. Uh, the dedication it takes from a time standpoint of view, deflecting the distractions, making some sacrifices, like anything, if you want to be good at anything, you're going to make a few sacrifices along the, along the way. And I think that's probably the most overlooked aspect of what these men and women do on TV and the dedication and the, the commitment the, the, to what they do from a discipline to detail standpoint of view, uh, it's incredible when you see it in person. It's inspiring. It it's actually makes me more motivated to get my game of gear when I see it. But to mm-hmm. realize how it fits into your priorities is really key. And that 
probably keep somebody somewhere from time to time from reaching their potential. As a coach, I'm always trying to have someone really understand that. It, it, it is about fun. And as you manage your time wisely, you can have a lot more fun, but it is about committing more time than what you initially realized. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a great point. You know, what people on you know, and we've talked about this obviously many times, but you know, what's always interesting is when it comes to someone's job. You know, whether they're an executive. Um, you know, preparing for a meeting, uh, whether in sales and you know presenting uh, a a, um, a product or, or service to to a potential client, uh, we'll spend time, we'll prepare, we'll spend whatever it takes to make sure that when we get in front of that individual or individuals, that we're properly prepared. And what always baffles me, Pete, when it comes to golfers certainly not all of them but many of them they don't they don't seem to take that same um you know willingness to to put effort they they want everything to come quickly they want everything to sort of you know uh, find that band-aid as we've often referred to here in the program uh that quick fix to to get what they need and it it just always baffles me that these same people who seem to get it all together in in preparation for a meeting or what have you don't want to do the same thing for their golf game. Um, I'm not exactly sure why that is, but uh, uh, going back to the, to the question that I gave John, and you're certainly welcome to to add on to that as well. But um, you know, our fundamentals are, are key in, in building a, a good golf swing and so forth. But there are other things as well. In addition to what John talked about, is there anything that you can think of um, that students need to understand if they want to be a better player? Well, I think more than anything else, they've got to understand impact and how it relates to them. They've got to understand their own swing, their own movements, and how what they do affects club and ball contact. And I think the better they understand that, going back to your scenario with somebody getting ready for a presentation with their business, they understand that very well. I don't think they have the same understanding of their golf game as they do with their business. If they did, it would be a different scenario. I think they would be better prepared for what they're trying to do. So that's one of the things that, that I always try to do is, is try to incorporate the fundamentals into how they affect the impact. Grip, aim, stance, posture, every one of those has a direct correlation to a part of the impact. And the better they can understand how that affects them and their game, I think it's going to take them further than they could ever go before. And so it's more than just being able to go out and hit balls and understand, yeah, the face was open, but now you've got to know why. But now you need to know the direct cause. Why is it open? If you don't get to the roots, you're never going to get anywhere. All you're going to do is continue, as you said, you're going to continue looking for more Band-Aids. And even the best ones in the best yep. of circumstances fall off. They don't stay on very long. So if you get to the root of the problem and understand the scenario that led you to that, I think it's going to make a huge difference. I mean, I had one last night. Um, posture was, was the key. If he had a virus in his swing, it was the posture. I mean, we took, you know, about 25 degrees of vertical nature out of the swing by just changing the posture. I mean, one move changes mm-hmm. a whole different story. And so getting that understanding 
then the next time he goes out, he's going to say, hey, you know, if I don't get my posture right, you know, I'm going to keep digging tunnels. So, you know, you have to give them the, the fundamentals, but what do those fundamentals control? What do they do? Mm-hmm. Why do you hold it a certain way? Why do you aim it a certain way? Why are you putting your shoulders here, standing in this posture? Well, there's a reason, because it directly affects the club and ball contact. So I think the better they understand that, I think it's going to make a big catalyst for them to be able to do the same thing in golf that they do in business. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, Well said, Pete. Thank you. Um, You know, it's interesting. I remember years ago I had a gentleman who was um, um, very successful, had a a great business, and uh, wanted to improve his golf game. So we we got together and, and through actually a mutual friend. And he came to me, and I could tell he was not prepared. So I asked him, I said to him, I said, let me ask you something. I said, um, you have a, a great product, I assume, that you're selling or service. And he said, yeah. And I said to him, well, if I'm interested, you know, sell me your product. What are you going to tell me? And the first thing that came out, he said, well, I would need to get some information from you first. You know, I need to know what your needs are. I need to know this. And he went through a whole checklist. I said, well, that's what you need to do when you take a golf lesson, you need to prepare yourself. You're not just going to sell somebody something without being prepared, knowing what their needs are and finding out whether or not your products uh, or a combination of products that you may have are going to fit the bill. So I said, that's how you have to treat your golf game. And he said, you know, I never really thought of it that way. So I do that with a lot of, especially new clients, obviously the ones that have been with me for a little while, they know better, but, um, for new uh, clients that come my way, that's something that I start them off with is I, I find out whether or not they're prepared. And I ask them point blank, are you prepared for today's lesson? And, you know, obviously they're going to say, well, yeah, yeah you know, I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to it. And I say, well, what did you do to prepare? And I said, and then I throw the same scenario that I just mentioned to you a moment ago uh, with the other gentleman. And you'd be surprised at the percentage of people that come ill-prepared. And, you know, we can practice and we can do all of these things, but if they're not prepared for that lesson, if they're not doing their homework and they're not getting out there when they have taken a lesson and work through some of the issues, uh, Pete, like you just brought up, uh, made a world of difference. You, you know, an uh, adjustment with the, with the gentleman's posture made a world of difference. But if they're not going to go out and put it in practice afterwards uh, and they're not going to properly prepare themselves coming in, then they've already sort of falling you know, behind the, behind the line, if you will, and they're going to have a much harder time uh, you know, getting ahead and becoming a better player. And we all want to become a better player, but you've got to be willing to not just put the time in, but you've also got to prepare uh, and, and get yourself ready. Um, so those are things that you know, I think that we have to keep in mind, and, and certainly all of the things, as I mentioned, the, the grip and the stance and so forth, um, you know, those are, are key uh, things that are important. But there's other things as well that we have to be mindful of. And if you're going to take this game up, um, you know, those are things that you have to certainly start with to, to get the groundwork. But you've also got to be willing to put the time in and you've got to be willing to uh, treat it like it's a job and prepare for that job. Um, John, I'm going to come back to you. And I want to ask a question of both of you. Uh, I know this is uh, something that... that Normally doesn't happen very often, but occasionally it might happen. You might get somebody that sees you out there working, whether it be on the range or what have you, and they may come up and say, hey, you know, I need a a few minutes of your time. 
and obviously we like to oblige. So if you had 10 minutes, John, uh, with, a, a, say, a potential student, um, what would you say or advise them to do to get the most out of that time with you? Well, you hit on a good point. Are you prepared for this? You may be asking for it, but are you prepared for this? And sometimes you might not be prepared for what you're going to hear. Um, most people who are looking for 10-minute fixes are, are definitely not willing to put the time in, is what I've found over the years. Um, mm-hmm. They have they, – they come not with an open mind. So that's the other question. I'd say, do you have an open mind to this? Because it may be something that you've never, ever thought of. It may be maybe even a foreign language to you, but it's based on you doing X, Y, and Z. The, the real key in a 10-minute, can I help you, is what is going to impact their game the most right then and there mm-hmm. when they go out on the golf course. And for me, I'm always looking for big things because if you can fix a big thing, the small things follow. And I would say probably Mm -hmm. nine times out of ten, I'm going to go along with what the tour players see with the pro-am partners they play with. It's alignment. People aim all over the earth thinking the ball's going to end up at your target. And, yeah, it'll end up there sometimes. Your brain and the algorithm it has for your swing sometimes figures it out, but most times not. I think if you can mm-hmm. you can put yourself in a position to aim correctly, a lot of the other things just sort of have to follow. And then if there's enough time in that 10 minutes, can I introduce somebody to the idea of forward shackling to compress the golf ball? Uh, it just in a, a really simple couple of two-minute drills, whether it's a tee in front of a ball or grabbing an alignment stick and having them extend their shaft a little bit over in front, underneath their front arm, um, just so they can get that feeling because that is the feeling of wow that they have on the golf course that brings them back. Uh, you put those two feelings together in a 10-minute fixer. If they lose it, somewhere down the road during that round, they know at least where they lost it, which is the big mm-hmm. question. Where did I lose it? How did I lose it? Well, here's, here's two things that will get you back on the, on the path to where you want to go. Right. Exactly. Um, you know, Pete, one of the things that I try to do and, and, you know, you may, uh, be similar to this, um, you know, if I've if I've got limited time with somebody like that, you know, I don't necessarily want to try to because uh, there's not enough time really to to do too much of a fix. What I like to spend, if I had to spend that time, is to really analyze and assess what their problems are. I'll certainly tell them what I believe their problems are, um, and depending on the severity of it, there may be a quick fix that a minor adjustment that could uh, open up uh, you know a, a world of of benefit to them. But I don't like to, to necessarily give too many changes. Do you think that that's something similar to what you might like to do, is to really sort of identify what their, their core issues are, and obviously if there is something appropriate that you can help them with in the, in the interim um, without having to go into a much you know, broader uh, time frame 
Um, or is there something else that you uh, typically like to do if you only had 10 minutes with a student uh, or an individual that walked up to you on the range, let's say, um, what would you say or what would you advise them uh, to get the most out of that time? Well, you you hit it exactly what, what I would do, Ted. You know, there'd be a couple of questions I'd ask them, first of all. And, and if they said, you know, do you got 10 minutes? I'd said, what is it you feel that do you do that can be fixed in 10 minutes in the first place? But secondly, what are you trying to do? And I said, with that being the question, then let me see what you're doing. We'll identify what the mm-hmm. problem is. And then I'll let you know how much time that's going to take for you to get it down. It might be 10 minutes. It might be you know, 10 days. It might be 10 months. But I'm going to certainly take them in that time frame and watch what they're doing, identify where the root problem is, and then explain to them, this is why you do what you do, and here's how you fix it. You know, that can easily be done in 10 minutes. It doesn't take that long. Mm-hmm. And so that way then you can tell them and say, hey, now, with that being said, here's how I would go about getting this changed. And then you can sort of lead them into a, you know, a, a situation where you can get them back and spend a little bit more time with them. Um, but, yeah, I'm with you. I'm not going to give them much because, you know, you, there's not much you you're, you would want to concentrate on in 10 minutes anyway. You want to, especially as John said, if they're getting ready to go play, then you got to keep it as simple as possible. Um, but if they're just looking to, to figure out what they're doing, I think, yes, indeed, in that 10 minutes you can really identify what the problem is and then explain to them, you know, what the correction is going to be and, you know, here's how you go about it. Yeah, and, and I think ideally, you know, in, in 10 minutes, you know, they can hit a few shots, maybe a half a dozen shots, and usually within that time frame, you're going to get a pretty good idea, maybe not everything, but you're going to get a pretty good idea where their problems are. You know, we've all been in the, faced this scenario where, you know, maybe somebody's got a corporate event coming up the next month or maybe even a couple of weeks or even next week, and they don't want to look bad. So they want something to, you know, uh, as as John put, some, some fairy dust to sprinkle on them to help them navigate through, you know, their corporate event or their uh, club championship, you know, in the weeks to come. And it's just not going to happen. Uh, you can certainly do some things to, uh, you know, to help soften uh, the blow a little bit or, or lessen the pain. Um, but, you know, it's not going to serve their best interest. So I think, you know, to isolate and find out what the problems are and, excuse me, let them know what, you know, issues you're seeing. And if they really want to work on it, then, uh, again, this is where we want to extend the invitation to come back at a later point. But to to sort of, you know, throw out a, a quick fix in, in a few minutes is is more than likely in, in many cases going to do more harm, I think, than good because now they're going to start tinkering around and saying, well, did he say this or did he do that? And now all of a sudden they're having a bad round and you're the guy that they're going to blame. So I don't like to do too much uh, in that, you know, if I'm faced with a situation like that, uh, other than to really assess and find out what the root cause is. Because once you understand what the root cause is, then usually it's, it's a pretty simple fix. Uh, it's just a matter of whether they want to make the commitment or time uh, and spend the time to uh, to come out and, and work on that. But uh, very interesting answers, uh, very very similar, but uh, some differences as well. Uh, John, since we're we're kind of reflecting on the season, uh, you know, you both talked about some of the improvements that you've seen uh, with some of your students and and uh, players this this year. Um, but I think you know part of the reflection process 
is for us to reflect on our own um, self, if you will, and, and, and sort of look at some of the things that maybe we're taking away or what we've learned from our students that we hope will translate into making us a better teacher for the next season. So each of you, again, I'll give you a, a couple of minutes to, uh, to talk about that. So, John, let's start with you. Uh, what did you take away from your students um, or learn from your students, if you will, that uh, you're going to reflect on over the, uh, the next little while and, and when you get you know, revved up for, uh, even though technically I know you're still working now, but uh, when you're looking forward to the new season, um, what, what are you going to do uh, to help make yourself that much better? Uh, a lot. That's a great question. It's something I do. I literally mark my calendar every two months to self-reflect in many different ways. And one of those ways to put it in a simple bullet point is what am I learning from my clientele? And I would tell you uh, resiliency is one of the things I've seen, not only on the golf course and at the practice facility, but with life in general, some of the ways people are making pivots to not only continue to do their jobs and or own their businesses, but to succeed at those things. Uh, The resiliency, the ability to be able to be flexible and uh, what's the word I'm looking for, to be uh, more adaptive uh, more accepting of needing to be adaptive has really resonated. And what it's allowed me to do to, is to see my my coaching practice from a totally different light, expand it in a couple of different ways to say, you know what, I, I can be as resilient as they are um, and I need to be. They, they look to me for leadership and, and it's up to me to provide that inspirational leadership. And, and when I see it in my clientele, it just makes me more motivated to do it. The other thing I'm continually learning from my clientele, especially in the COVID area, uh, era, I should say, is the ability to pivot the communication gap. And what I mean by that is uh, sort of what we talked about earlier as far as asking someone's prepared for a lesson, what do they want to accomplish in a series of lessons or a golf school or what have you, the ability to communicate those particular desires has really come out loud, louder and clearer than ever before, which has mm-hmm. caused me to look at some of the ways I communicate, whether it's writing a piece for Golf Tips magazine, writing a blog post, doing a video, and how can I make my communication more clear so it resonates, not necessarily to a small group, but to a bigger group. Uh, And it's not necessarily a pinpointed bigger group. I, I would tell you the bigger group is can I get more golfers just to get out and play? I've gone for more of a coaching specific things to a more growth of the game type of outlook. Uh, I think COVID ha- COVID's inspired us all to grow the game a little bit more, and it's doing so organically, but we have to be able to prop it up. And when I'm seeing my clientele make the pivots that they're doing, 
it's definitely inspiring for me as a coach to, to continue to try to lead them in the direction they want to go in as a golf coach, but I'm learning some things that they're doing that's actually helping me become a better coach as well as become a better entrepreneur. Uh, it's, it's really been mm-hmm. an eye-opening year that way. Yeah, some great points, uh, you know, John. I think, Pete, one of the things, and, and this is really, you know, anytime you're interacting, whether it be with the public generally or, you know, cl- potential clients, uh, you know, if you're running a business or, you know, if you're a golf uh, instructor or coach, is you've got to have and be willing to listen. And I think one of the things that we learn uh, as human beings that, the more we listen to what the other person is telling us, the better prepared we're going to be uh, in providing whatever product or service that they may be looking for. And I think one of the biggest mistakes, obviously, that we make is when we, when we don't listen. And I'm hoping, as we talked about earlier, that um, you know, moving forward uh, post-COVID uh, into the next season, um, you know, that we, we really listen to what the students want because they're going to guide us. They're going to tell us, as John's suggesting, um, what it is they're really looking for. And we have to be willing and ready to adapt uh, to, you know, what's obviously an ever-changing world. And, um, you know, I think that starts with, with being a good listener. So as you reflect, Pete, back on your season thus far, um, as we get ready to sort of wrap up here um, in, in, in 2020, what did you take away, do you think? Um, anything different? Uh, obviously, maybe some similar things to what John said, but anything different that you took away um, that you're going to learn from and uh, make you that much better in 2021? Well, I think first and foremost is everybody's ability to adapt. I mean, everybody's had to adapt to, uh, you know, a whole new, you know, a living of what's going on with, with uh, 2020 and COVID and everything else. So, you know, people have become very adaptive to to their environments and what they're doing. Um, you know, I think one of the things that that I've done when I had some a, a couple of new players as far as the University of Missouri women's team, and so it, it was an, a a new um, I say renewed purpose of of stay, sticking with the basics. You know, not getting into 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 too much difficulty and keeping it very simple as to here it is, ABC, this is what's going on. And then, as I've always tried to do, is to try to make the message more clear with less words. How can I get it as clear as possible, saying as little as possible? Um, and then I've always, as you know, we've talked about before, you use a question, test the answer, every question with a question. And so, you know, or every answer they give you with a question so that you can continue to get more information. And I always like to start the lesson off that way. You know, how's your day? What's going on? How's the family, the kids? How, you know, you know, what's your day been like? You know, and I, I told you that story before where I had one guy that had such mm-hmm. a bad day. We just picked up the clubs and went straight to the bar. We didn't hit any balls, you know, so it wasn't <laughs> going to work. So, you know, it's just one of those days, you know how it is. And he had more fun doing that than hitting golf balls. So, you know, sometimes you just have to, to you know, as you said, listen to what's going on, and you know, the the adaptations there can can make or break what you're doing with them. So, I, I think more than anything else, it was a renewed uh, for me a, a renewed um, purpose back to just keeping it very very simple, basic, simple cause and effect. 
and then not straying away too much in, in the in the details. Yeah, that's a that's an excellent point as well. I think you know really emphasize on on keeping it simple. I think sometimes in in every walk of life, but particularly in golf here over the last you know decade or so, we've really at times. Um, as an industry have made it very, very difficult. And, you know, I don't want to harp on technology, but, you know, technology is, is wonderful and it has its place and purpose. Uh, but sometimes, you know, there have been moments when maybe we've relied too much on some of that technology to sort of drive where we want the industry to go. And, um, you know, I think people are, are, you know, have recognized that. I think instructors have recognized that and have looked at technology in, in a whole different way and, you know, certainly are, are using it to their advantage, but also recognizing that, you know, you have to put it in the right perspective. Sometimes, um, you know, you might have to dial it back a little bit. Maybe that individual uh, is is getting a little bit overwhelmed. And then again, as I mentioned earlier, frustration kicks in. Um, all right. I want to talk about this. this is a little bit different. Uh, this question I'm going to ask you now than I've asked in the past. We've talked about uh, marketing, you know, golf marketing and, and social media. Um, and we've talked about it, how sometimes, you know, we've seen things that have been very critical of golf and, and whatnot. So uh, I want to ask this different. There is a lot of golf marketing uh, and, and definitely a lot of golf social media uh, that's been presented to to the average golfer out there. In your opinion, John, I'm going to start with you. And this sort of goes back to what I was just talking about a moment ago. But in your opinion, are we overwhelming uh, golfers out there with too much information? Uh, and if so, why? And if not, why not? Great question. I was um, in the middle of transitioning my business, and I have a bonus daughter helping me now with social media, and she accused me of overwhelming people the past month that have had a lot to talk to them about. But at the same time, I've been excited about what I'm doing. Um, I think behind any excitement, we all want to share that excitement, whether it's a tool, a product, a service, a trip, a person, a golf course, a new ball. It, it really doesn't make a difference. We're all excited to share it. From a marketing standpoint of view, obviously, you, you've got to get someone's attention for them to pull the trigger to make that purchase. Um, I would say, in general, the average golfer is so heavily marketed with product, they forget where the best ROI of their money and time is, and that is into themselves. Uh, so mm -hmm. it's rare you'll ever see me market a product. And when, it, when I do, I 100% believe in it. I use it. It's not an endorsement. I don't get paid to endorse it. Uh, so it's genuine. But what, I, what you do see me market is myself and my services because it's an investment in my client's self into their own ROI. And I think when people start looking at marketing that way, regarding golf and ask the simple question, will this provide me return on investment that allows me to be a better person and a better golfer versus will, will this investment save me two strokes? What's two strokes in the bigger picture? Well, unless you're betting a few thousand dollars at your club every day, then it, it doesn't, it's not really a lot. 
Uh, the other thing you got to look at marketing is what's the common theme? What, what's the common message that's being given to you, whether it's a product, a service, or whatnot, and determine, hey, do, do, do I fit into that theme? Uh, there's marketers doing research out there all the time to try to fit into everybody's theme, but you, you can't please everybody. I know I can't. I know Pete, you can't. But and when you look at the marketing of golf products and golf services, really ask yourself the question, is this me? Is this something that I'll have fun being a part of? Is this something that if it stood alone all by itself in my front yard, would I be embarrassed to have it in my front yard? And I heard that from a client years ago about marketing. Imagine this thing in your front yard, and if it stood there alone uh, because you bought into the marketing and and you put it out there because you bought into it, would you be embarrassed that it would still be there literally a day later? And I think if you look at mm-hmm. that kind of perspective from a marketing standpoint of view, if you're a consumer of golf products and services, you'll make better decisions for yourself. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. And and you know, Pete, uh, you know, I use myself as an example. I mean, you know, we all promote, we all advertise. You know, I use social media to to promote the shows. I use it to to promote uh, uh, the magazine now and 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 other things that uh, you know that I work on golf related. Uh, but I can tell from you know from personal experience, um, and I'm not going to name names, but you know, I've gotten emails from. Uh, other publications uh, as much as four or five times a day, um, you know, different email blasts and whatnot. And then on top of that, um, you know, now I'm receiving or have been for a little while, I've actually had to get to a point where it's, it's frustrated me so much that I've had to go in and, and, and spend, you know, 20 minutes unsubscribing, um, you know, from all of these different golf marketing companies and so forth. So, as much as I love the game, even I'm getting a little bit overwhelmed with so much golf marketing. So I pose the same question to you. Uh, and again, I'm sure you have uh, some similar views to, to John's, but maybe you can some add some others. Is do we need to be more conscious of how we're marketing? I mean, obviously, people that are on our lists and, and whatnot are interested in the products or maybe interested in the services. But do we have to be careful that we're not overwhelming them with? Um, not just product, but even too much instruction. You know, if they're getting video lessons from us every single day uh, and maybe sometimes a couple of days, uh, you know, in order to market and so forth, um, you know, and then a hundred other people are doing the same thing, are we doing ourselves a disservice, do you think? Well, as John said, it is a great question. I mean, obviously there's there's tons of, of you know, products and things that are out there. Um, you know, you just look at, at YouTube and the amount of instruction that's on YouTube is, is unbelievable. Um, and, mm-hmm. yeah, I think to a certain extent there there is too much. Um, but I think, you know, we as as teachers and coaches can can sort of, with our own people, get them to understand how it more fits to them and, and how they can take the, the blast of all the social media and all, all the marketing and, and 
you know, as John said, how does, it, how does it fit them? How does it fit into what they're doing? I think we can train them to do that, but the, the masses have just been bombarded. Uh, there's no question. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been on a, a few things where someone will post a swing and, and oh my goodness, the, the, you know, they're asking for advice and it's, it's unbelievable what, what is said. Um, and and mm-hmm. it's, it's, I mean, if, if you tried to do it, you'd swing 400 different ways because there's 400 different fixes for what one video was put out there. So yeah, it's right. to me there is way way too much of it, and I think it it um, you know it's funny you said that about unsubscribing. I'm 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 trying to do a reset on my own stuff. But goodness, I've been doing that for forever, trying to get rid of all those crazy things that keep popping <laughs> into my emails. Um, but yeah, there's there's so many of them. It's just you know you one time say hey, that looks pretty cool, and then the next thing you know you get five thousand emails. Um, yeah, I, I I think it's been overdone. You know, you know how many how many different drivers heads come out. How many? I mean, just stuff keeps coming out and coming out and coming out. Uh, and I understand, you know, everybody's trying to trying to make a living. You know, it's, it was funny you were talking about, you know, all the videos that are out there because I remember my nephew who is in video production for uh, a big university. He said, if your videos are more than forty five seconds, scrub scrub them. They're not going to listen any longer. <laughs> you know, and, and and there's a lot of truth to that. Mm-hmm. You know, so what it means is you yeah. get your point across, you get at a point quick, you know. But, yeah, I, I I think there's too much information out there. I think the, the, the golfing masses have been overwhelmed. And, and um, you well, know, I wanted to make one point you said about technology earlier. You know, I've always said as long mm-hmm. as the technology doesn't replace instinct, I'm good with it. But too many players yeah, I, I, have yeah. taken over their instinct. So another – Yeah, I, I, I would agree with – yeah, I would agree with that. And, and I agree as well with the social media. There's there's different sides of it. You know, one of the pet peeves I have and, you know, is – and I understand why they do it. It's it's a way of generating revenue and so forth. But, you know, I've, I've received emails, uh, email blasts as I call them, from multitude of, of golfing organizations that I know I've never subscribed to. So I know that more than likely, a lot of the reason is the lists are being sold and passed around and whatnot from from place to place. So once you get on one list, you're now on for you know three or four or half a dozen or maybe even a dozen other companies. And you know, I don't have an issue with somebody reaching out to me, um, you know, with their solicitation. But when it gets to the point where you're getting bombarded on a daily basis, in some cases, not all of them, but some of them. Uh, as I said, uh, one of the publications, I'm not going to name names, I'm not going to do that, but, um, uh, you know, I'm getting on average, you know, four or five a day. Now, I did sign up for that one, but I can guarantee you I didn't sign up for four or five a day. And, you know, I understand the reason they're doing it. Um, you know, it's a marketing thing. They're trying to get out there. They're trying to, um, you know, sell the magazine and, and get readers interested and engaged. But when you're bombarding people with too much information, there comes a point in time where it becomes a turnoff. And people will will stop. Uh, you know, it's the same thing. Um, you know, with technology. Uh, to your point, Pete. Um, you know, technology is there to assist and to help, but it's not there to replace uh, good instincts. And when people feel that you know all you're doing is is as I've said before, hooking up you know to a couple of electrodes and flicking the switch to see what's going on. Um, people start to get a little bit nervous and they're saying, well, wait a minute, you know, is he really paying attention to what I'm doing or is he just looking at the monitor all the time? 
And people want that interaction. And uh, I think as golf instructors, we owe it to them. Uh, again, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not trying to criticize technology. There's a lot of great products um, we've discussed on the show in the past. And I think they have a place and a purpose for it. But I think we cannot rely too heavily on it and, and depend on it so much to the point that we're neglecting uh, some of the student needs. Um, great answer to that, uh, to that uh, question, both of you. I've got one final question uh, for both of you to sort of wrap things up. Uh, and, and, John, I, I guess I'll just keep the same order. I'll come back to you, and then, uh, Pete, uh, I'll let you uh, finish off with, with your answer. Uh, for our listeners out there who are new particularly – uh, but this certainly can apply to anybody, but new to this season, uh, maybe they've never played before. COVID has, has uh, put them in a position where, you know, they've needed to get out, as I uh, mentioned earlier, and they've uh, found them their way to the golf course. Um, John, if you were going to put together a checklist um, that would, you would want to put together to help give them the best start, the best chance at, at getting out there and, and uh, learning this great game, what might that checklist be um, from you? Well, you made me feel guilty about a shameless plug to answer this question, so I guess <laughs> I'd better go in a different direction. Um, no, go ahead. Go for it. <laughs> no, I, it, it's really simple. Go have fun. Uh, go have fun. Enjoy the company you're with. Enjoy what you're doing. Uh, another piece of the checklist is go out with zero expectations. Uh, a lot of times I'll see golfers go out with a lot of expectations of what they think they can do without a realistic understanding of what they really can do. And the, I have a phrase I've used several times on this program throughout the years, expectations lead to nothing but failures. So fun, no expectations. As far as brand new to a facility, Check the rules out the door. We had a conversation about this on this program not too long ago. Just take the rules, check them out the door. Uh, be courteous. Follow the etiquette. Uh, be respectful of other people. But if you're in the bunker and if you can't get it out in two tries, pick it up and toss it. Um, you know, if, mm-hmm. if life's too short to not be having fun at what you're doing. And when you look at all the other sports that are out there, there's gateways, there's entryways into it. And the only way, entryway into golf, I mean, there's top golf now, which is wonderful. And it is a, a mm. gateway into the sport. But if you're wanting to learn to actually play the game, you have to get out on the golf course and be fearless of what that golf course represents. So if we took down all the barriers of penalty areas, and you, you can't roll the ball around or clean it off, or you're in a bunker and you can't get it out and you're frustrated, but you can toss it out. There's a lot of good to that. And it, what it allows a brand-new person to understand is not only will the game accept me, they'll accept me as I am right now and give me a chance to feel the passion that everybody else out here is feeling. It looks contagious. I want to get I want to get infected by this, but with all the rules and all this and all that, why am I wasting my time? That to me still remains a hurdle, COVID or no COVID, is the ability to knock down those barriers. And I think the other thing to realize is a golf course is a business. 
it's, it's just not an open field, an open park that provides you uh, an avenue to, uh, I'll use this phrase from a marketing standpoint of view, What's, what happens on the golf course doesn't necessarily stay on the golf course, unlike what happens in Vegas for you. Uh, there are mm-hmm. certain things that you have to be respectful of and, and realize that it takes a tremendous amount of money, regardless of the condition that the facility is in, to maintain it in any way, shape, for you to be able to use it. And I think if you, you look at some things that way, and realize it's a very self-challenging game and get ready to challenge yourself for as many holes as you're capable of, I think you will fall in love with the game. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, Pete, you know, we, we've got, as we've talked about tonight, we've got a lot of new people to, to this game. Um, and, you know, it, it's... Some have never been around this game. There's a lot of um, unknown expectations. And, uh, you know, John's talked about, uh, you know, sort of leaving them at the door and and just going out there and having fun. What would your checklist be uh, or has been this year with, with some of the new students coming out uh, or new golfers in general? What uh, might be some of the items on your checklist? Well, you know, I like what, what John said, you know, obviously – you know, having fun is a piece of it. And, you know, when you're out on the golf course, you know, and there's difficulties, you know, just, just pick it up and move on. And, you know, the one thing I would say to them is, is don't hesitate to ask for help because, you know, between the golf professional staff and everybody else who's out there and all the workers, you know, if if you're new to it and, you know, I've always said, it's never a dumb question if you don't know what the answer is, you know, so don't, don't hesitate to reach out, even if it's with your golf game. You know, have a conversation with the golf pro. You'd be amazed at how, you know, how, how much they can put you at ease and and have a, a, a huge path to, to bring you into the game to make it, you know, fun, enjoyable, um, you know, relaxing, a great learning environment. So, you know, don't hesitate to reach out and, and call. You know, I had a bunch of them this year to me that would, that just reached out and called and just wanted to talk instruction at the beginning before coming in to take it. And it's a great thing to do. You know, you can learn a lot about a person with a conversation and you can, you, you know, get them more comfortable with what you're doing and, you know, and, and answer their questions, you know, listen, you know. Um, and I think if they're, if they're not hesitant uh, to reach out, um, I think it's going to be a, a more enjoyable atmosphere for them. And I think they'll, they'll start to understand there's more things available to them. And, you know, I do like what John said when you're talking about a facility. I mean, you know, if if you're going to your favorite, you know, place to eat or, or, you know, meet some friends, I mean, you know, treat that place in the golf course the same, you know, it's a business as well. And and they're, they're doing their best to try to, to provide something to you. And and so in return, you know, do your best to provide back to them. Um, You know, and and I think in in that case, you know, each way, it'll make it more enjoyable for everybody. But, no, I'd say if if they can just be comfortable enough to reach out and, um, you know, ask questions, I think it'll be uh, a great learning experience for them. Yeah, I I would say um, just very quickly, uh, I've got a, a short checklist myself. And one of the things that I do is I have 
everybody that comes asks this question of themselves, and that is, why do I want to play? And I think when you understand that, and, and I'll give you a, a quick example. I mean, you know, am I am I just wanting? Is it is it something you know that I think might be fun to do or challenging to do? Uh, and I just looking at it from a recreational standpoint. Um, am I looking? Am I interested in in maybe you know being competitive? Uh, you know, depending obviously where you're at. Um, so understanding why you want to play the game first and foremost um, can help guide you in the direction you want to uh, you want to go. Um, also, it's it's good to reach out, um, you know, before you reach out to that professional is if you know somebody in your own family uh, or friends or business associates that currently play golf, uh, you know, ask them if they're taking lessons, because um, obviously at some point you're going to need to do that and, you know, find out who they're working with. And that doesn't mean that you're you have to commit to that, but that's a good place to start if you're li- living in the same area. You know, what pro are you working with? So I like to them, uh, you know, to, to sort of do a little bit of homework, as I said, get get prepared so that when they make that first call or they're reaching out, um, they've got a, a general understanding. First and foremost, they've answered the question, hopefully, um, why they're there in the first place, why they want to play or why they are have a sudden interest in the game. Is it because, uh, you know, if, in the case of a spouse, if their spouse plays golf, and uh, I know for a lot of women, their husbands play golf, so they would like to play golf to have something else that they can do together and, and share some, some quality time together. And uh, on a side note, I know I've mentioned this before, if you uh, are doing it for that reason, uh, I would uh, certainly recommend that if you are going to use the, the pro that your husband's using, that you do it independently from one another um, and that you have a clear understanding that you're not going to be there to help one another, that that's what the coach or the, the teaching professional is doing. That's uh, uh, some uh, sage advice, I think, for couples. Um, but then also, you know, I want you to be prepared. I want to, on that checklist, I want you to, to, as Pete, as you just talked about, is maybe uh, put down some questions. And if you don't know what questions to ask, um, that's okay. Talk to somebody who is familiar with golf. What, what questions should I be asking the professional? What questions should I be asking about golf? And if you jot those questions down and get maybe somebody to help you initially, uh, you're less likely to feel uh, silly, especially if you're not familiar with some of the the golf jargon that that's out there, um, you know, talk to somebody that plays and, and get a little bit of help from them and, and, and guiding that. But the, the first part of it is, is to understand why you want to play in the first place. And I think once you've answered that question, um, many of the other uh, items on the checklist that both uh, John and, and Pete uh, that you put together, I think uh, will sort of fall into place. And I think those are equally as uh, good to have on, on the checklist as well. But first and foremost, understanding why you're there, uh, to begin with. Um, guys, as always, uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity to um, uh, share with the listeners um, the best way if they want to reach out or, or get in touch or if there's anything special going on uh, over the next little while since this is going to be the last time that we'll be together. Uh, on. Um, but before I, I do that, um, I'm going to let Pete go first, actually, uh, this time just for something different. Um, but I want to thank both of you uh, very sincerely for all that you've done over the years with the program and uh, particularly this last year, it's been difficult for many, many people, but you guys have still managed to uh, to hold strong and, and uh, get out there and do the things that you do to help uh, many of the golfers out there. But you've always uh, brought your best to the show, and I appreciate it very much. And I'm excited uh, uh, to be moving into Season 9 next year and having you guys back on the panel. So um, thank you very much for, for uh, giving of your time 
and uh, and again bringing your best to the program. Uh, Pete, go ahead. What's the best way that the folks can reach out to you? And uh, if you have anything that you want special that you want to share, and then John. Well, Ted, always thanks to you at uh, you know what you do for this this segment and and, and leading it and, and bringing all of us on. It's, it's it's great fun for us to come on and do this. So a special thanks to you and John. It's always a pleasure. Buddy, I always like uh, being on with you. We always have a, a great conversation. Um, I'm actually making a switch going into 2021. I've joined the teaching staff with the St. Louis Golf Lessons here in St. Louis. So it's a little bit different uh, scenario for me. It's going to give me a few more venues to teach at. Uh, for right now, they can get a hold of me at plainsimplegolf.com. It's P-L-A-N-E. That is going to change. But uh, for right now, they can reach out there, and then anything going forward will come out of that. But uh, some some new things for me in 2021, I think will be very exciting and, and some uh, some some more places to be at. So I, uh, I think they'll uh, keep track and keep up to date, and then you'll see what's going on. That sounds great. And, and be sure to update me on uh, your email changes and things as, as they come uh, uh, they come due, so make sure I've, uh, I'm in the loop. That's one email I'll be happy to, to receive uh, from you, Pete. Uh, uh, John, what about yourself? <laughs> you bet. Pete, it's been a pleasure this year. I think we've made each other laugh both behind the scenes before the program, during, and well afterwards. And it's always a pleasure being on with you. And and by all means, if you ever need a laugh, give me a call. I'll try to come up with something for you as you go through your new endeavor. And best of luck with that. Um, I I think you're going to be a tremendous asset to that. To that facility, and, and I hope they do appreciate what you bring to the table. Ted, I, I can't, I'm going to ditto what, what Pete says that, that what you bring to the industry is so much different. And there, there are some people that, if they just took the time and listened to a, 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 a on demand portion of your podcast, that they'd understand that it, it's real. It's honest, it's genuine, and it, we're not we're not holding anything back. We're we're not hiding anything from anybody. And a lot of times the game does that in a lot of different ways, whether it's the marketing messages or or what have you. And it was a great question that you brought up tonight, and you wouldn't necessarily hear that on another podcast. My hats off to you for eight great mm-hmm. seasons and I, I'm always honored to be part of this. And I really appreciate what you've been able to provide for me over the years and, and going forward with top tips magazine and assisting you with that. I'm, I, I'm pleased as punch and, and I can, couldn't be happier. As I always tell people, the way to get a hold of me is John at John Hughes golf, John Hughes at John Hughes Golf with Twitter, John Hughes Golf with Facebook. I mean, that's all you got to do is John Hughes Golf, and you're going to find me. But I am going to make a shameless plug from a marketing standpoint of view. Please, everybody, just bear with me. (laughs) But this helps everybody here. COVID taught me the resilience and the pivoting, as I had talked about before. And, And I announced this in November, but I'm very, very pleased to be officially announcing on this program, the launch of Instant Golf Improvement, which is not based Mm -hmm. on hooks. It's not based on fictitious myths. It's not based on Cheech and Chong's magic dust. It's based on tried and true fundamentals 
It's based on things that you can implement in less than two or three minutes sometimes that can actually make a difference, even without asking what are you trying to accomplish. It's just based on facts. And for everybody out there who listens to the podcast, I want to give you an opportunity to join Instant Golf Improvement. Really simple, instantgolfimprovement.com. And if you use the coupon code GOLFVIDEOTIPS, you're going to receive 25% off the yearly subscription price and, drumroll please, a free one-year subscription to Golf Tips magazine. That coupon code, again, Golf Video Tips, all capitalized, at instantgolfimprovement.com. And, again, Ted, thank you from the bottom of my heart from for giving this lonely old guy at 1.7 years ago a platform to just be heard. Thank you very much. Well, I appreciate it. And let me just add uh, very quickly, John, uh, for those of you that uh, whether you subscribe or plan on subscribing to Golf Tips Magazine, uh, as I mentioned at the beginning, John is now a senior editor as well as one of the top 25 instructors and on the golf advisory staff uh, as well. And he's got a great series that uh, comes out each issue. It's a, it's a bi-monthly issue uh, magazine, so it's six issues a year. Uh, it's the Milestone series, uh, and I'm really excited. He's already uh, done the January-February issue. He's already out. In fact, it's already gone to the printer, uh, and we'll be hitting newsstands uh, December 22nd. And uh, he's been hard at work at the March-April issue uh, which will be the second issue of the 2021 season. So make sure you, uh, whether you're a subscriber, if you aren't a subscriber yet, you should subscribe, and he'll give you a great way to do that. Um, um, if not, go to your local newsstand or Barnes & Noble and Books A Million and pick up a copy. It's, uh, I guarantee you're going to enjoy it, and you're going to find uh, John's uh, milestone uh, instructional series in there, a regular feature in Golf Tips magazine. Thank you guys both very, very much. And as I've said many, many times in this show, this show is not about me. I just happen to be the guy with the microphone. Um, it's about you guys. It's about this industry, something that I enjoy uh, very, very much. And uh, I want you guys both to have a great Christmas and a happy holiday. Stay safe. Uh, spend time safely, of course, with your families. And I will see you guys next year here on Golf Talk Live's Coach's Corner. Thanks, guys, and God bless. Awesome. Thanks, Happy Ted. holidays, Thank everybody. Merry yes. Christmas. All right. Bye-bye. All right. See you guys. All right. All right. That was John Hughes and Pete Buchanan um, here on the uh, Coach's Corner panel, a special Coach's Corner panels. We took a sort of reflection uh, back on – uh, the 2020 season and uh, hope you enjoyed that and if you're just tuning in just now uh, the recorded version or the on-demand section of the program will be uh, coming uh, available here just in a little while so bear with it but if you go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash golf talk live or just simply type in golf talk live uh, in the search key you can listen to the on-demand section in its entirety um, one other quick note before I let everybody go, uh, a great product that was introduced to me uh, during this difficult time uh, by my good friend Byron Casper, who uh, coincidentally is going to be my very special guest on the last show next week. Uh, September 17th will be the last show of the 2020 season uh, before I take an extended break, and I'll give you all the details uh, next week. He'll be joining me as my special guest 
following next week's Coach's Corner panel. But he introduced me to uh, a really great product. Here's a short audio clip, and then I'll uh, reconfirm Uh, the special offer. 2020 hasn't been exactly what any of us expected, but the one thing we have in common is the need to cleanse and stay clean. Doctor recommended and approved, Golf Nix is a hand and skin cleanser that can be used daily. Clean your hands, shoes, clubs, your golf cart, and use it around your home. It leaves no sticky residue and moisturizes your skin. Keep clean and avoid those pesky germs that exist all around us today. Golf Nix is your natural solution to keep clean. Check it out at golfnix.com. That's golf, N-I-X dot com. Okay, and for those of you um, that want to take advantage, uh, we've got a special uh, coupon code that you can use. Uh, it's GOLFTIPS2021. If you, at the checkout, if you put in promo code GOLFTIPS2021, you will save 10% off your order. Go to golfnix.com. It's a great product. I have some samples here that I've been using. Uh, we've all got a... Uh, do our best to uh, you know keep clean and whatnot. And there's some great products uh, that, that uh, hand sanitizer and so forth. Uh, go to golfnix.com. They've got a great uh, brand new uh, website that you can check out. You can order right online. And just remember, uh, when you're uh, checking out uh, your order, make sure you enter promo code GOLFTIPS2021 and save 10% off your order. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for joining me uh, on a special Coach's Corner edition of Golf Talk Live, and I will be back next week, September, or sorry, December 17th, for my last show of the season uh, with another great panel uh, discussion to lead off and my very good friend, Mr. Byron Casper, uh, son of the legendary Billy Casper, will be joining me as my special guest next week. So I hope you'll tune in. Thanks, everybody. God bless, and we'll see you next week right here on Golf Talk Live. Thanks for listening to this evening's broadcast of Golf Talk Live. Remember to tune in each week at blogtalkradio.com forward slash golftalklive. If you can't join us live, check out the on-demand section for previously aired broadcasts. Or listen on any of the following social media platforms. iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course, Spotify. To get updates on future shows and upcoming guests, be sure to visit the show's Facebook page, Golf Talk Live Blog. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ted and Buck CEO. Remember to join me live each week for another great broadcast of Golf Talk Live. See you next time. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.